coming to you live from Santo Pulco. Wherever there are movies, you will find us. Wherever there is something to review, we'll be there. Wherever any semblance of coherence or quality is threatened, you will find the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and it looks like somebody's been down here with the ugly stick. Look at these two little sissies. First, a scum-sucking pig, it's Chris. I can't remember the full thing. <laughs> well, secondly, <laughs> a son of a motherless goat, it's Andy. Ah, goats are back. <laughs> goats are back. And I had a, a, a spoiler for the stats. I, w- I was looking everywhere, but I could not see a goat at any point. So I checked off the sons of motherless goats were our goats. Uh, we are the 10 Point Podcasts podcast. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts on every single podcast app available. And one particular podcast app, Spotify, in the last week has told us that we are officially five people's favourite podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to find out who these five people sure. are. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was saying to Andy before you, before you joined us, Chris, it's not me, because when I do my rewatch of all the podcasts, I do the YouTube video versions for the, for the pointies and all that. So I don't listen to my own podcast on Spotify. Therefore, one of the five is not me. So I don't not know if you guys or not. I'm enjoying it. I don't listen to it. <laughs> right, okay. I don't watch like, own films. like Adam Driver, you don't listen. You don't watch anything back. Yeah. Hates the sound of his own yeah. voice. Exactly. So, so hello to our our, our five top fans. Uh, we want well, to hear we, from. We do you, have more than five fans, by the way. Just just so people are aware. Yeah, we do, yeah we have many people who listen to us. Many might be exaggerated. I don't know where many starts. I don't know. It's like two's not many. So when does many start? But people listen to us. But we know for a fact five people like us because we listen, listen to our podcast more than anybody else's. Yeah, and those five uh, people should at least donate the bell ends. <laughs> at least let us know who you are and which state in America you watch us from or listen to us from because Andy says that's where all our viewers are. So Yeah, 52% uh, of our listeners' viewers are from America. They love us over there. Yeah, we're big in America. And we'll come over and do any tours if anyone wants to. Like, I don't know, if he sends a message, you'll get a shout out. Exactly. Yeah. The yes, more we hear from or, or, the, or as Bruce was saying, like happily pay for our flights over, we'll come stay with you for a week. <laughs> we'll do a, oh, we'll do a podcast in your living room for you. Yeah. Sponsor us, we'll do it, not a problem. Uh yeah, it's much digressing there, but whether you are one of the five, uh, which I think that might stick to it, I think, but one of the five podcast fans <laughs> or anybody else, uh, you can find us on social media, ten point podcast uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know there. And we've got 10pointpodcast.com as well. You can send us a message over there. And as you mentioned earlier, you can donate over there as well. Christmas is coming up. We could do some 10 Point Podcast present buying money, uh, I guess. And for all things you want to donate for. Uh, 10 Point Christmas jumper. So, yeah, lots of money. <laughs> there you are. Okay. So, that, along with all Christmas stockings and all that sort of stuff as well. Merch at some point. Uh, and you can find us on YouTube, like I mentioned, 10 Point Podcast over there as well. We can find video versions of most of the podcasts, depending Look who's on the talking. Week, depending on it. <laughs> depending on how it goes it's a bit random either way uh, we want to hear from you and let us know what you want to see what you like and what you don't like from the podcast uh i think that's it for that so what have we been watching in the last week we had a brief chat before the podcast and i think i'm the one person that's watched a film in the last week but i'm not sure i did watch one uh, film true. right okay well I'll, I'll leave with mine i watched one film and that was hannibal the early 2000s follow-up to The Silence of the Lambs. If you remember, I watched Silence of the Lambs a, a couple of weeks ago. So I watched Hannibal. I've never actually seen Hannibal before. Like I was aware of the television show, and that seems to be more based on this than it was Silence of the Lambs. But Hannibal, it's a theme that keeps coming up a lot with me. There's a lot of extra stuff in the film Hannibal. It doesn't need to be there. Like There's backstories and other storylines in this film. It's like, I just want to know what Hannibal is up to and what he, like who they're trying to catch and all that. 
but I didn't realise the film, spoiler for a film that's about 20 years old, uh, this was the one where he essentially eats Rayliotta's, well, makes Rayliotta eat his own brain and all that. And yeah, I'd he not seen on <laughs> Hannibal the Cannibal. He did, yeah, which is a great scene. There's about a 20-minute to 30-minute period in that film where it's just really, really good, but a lot of the rest is just a waste of time with the the guy from the Daniel Craig James Bond films, the, the French fella that helps him out just randomly, has a storyline in Hannibal for no reason and all that. Yeah, it's a lot of extra stuff, but I enjoyed it. It's not the classic Sounds of the Lambs. Is. Uh, Andy, what film did you watch in the last week? Black Friday, starring Devin Sawa and Bruce Campbell. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you, you sounded the Sawa alarm to, to me and Chris over the week. <laughs> One, it's, it's a banger of a B-film. It is a B-film. Uh, but for a B-film, it's got like some of the best, like I don't know, zombie special effects I've ever seen in a film. Uh, it's, it's just one of them films. I can't even say anything about it. I'll spoil it. Go watch it. Some of Devin Sawa's best undead, work. doesn't he? Yeah, Devin, oh well. <laughs> uh, but then also like Devin's, I, I've restarted. Oh, I've not restarted. I've started watching the Chucky series, which is basically the reboot of the films. Well, it's not even a reboot; it's yeah. just right after the films. And Devin Sawa doesn't just play one character; he plays two characters. <laughs> so I had a Devin Sawa week out of nowhere. It's like what the fuck? We definitely, we relaunched his career. No one had heard of him until with Idle Hands. Uh, exactly. Since, Idle Hand, yeah. then Casper, yeah. now he's in everything again. It's just his career's kicked off and we're getting no, none of that money. None of the credits by doing all the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what about you, Chris? The, what have you watched in the last week? Uh, other than the, the first three Hawkeye episodes, I haven't watched much. Well, we'll talk about Hawkeye then. As I, I've mentioned, I've seen episodes one and two. Uh, you're both an episode ahead of me. Yeah, so, yes. uh, what do you think of Hawkeye so far? Was it being too spoilery on the last one? I like it, um, but it's it's too slow I, like every other Disney film well, series. With yeah, dodgy it, it special effects. With the, yeah, the, the Winter Soldier kind of feel. Like, it's not WandaVision, and it's yeah. not whatever the other one was we had. What was the other TV show we had? Oh, Loki. It's very, this is like the movies. Mm. Yeah. But, I don't know, I, I like... I like the two of them. I like our two Hawkeyes, or the current yeah. Hawkeye and potential Hawkeye. I like the two of them. I feel like everybody else is, uh, is a bit meh around about them. I did uh, like the... Yeah, yeah, you've seen the second one. I did like the explanation as to why he's got a hearing aid. I thought that was a nice little Yeah, <laughs> that's good, yeah. yeah. That's why he, the, uh... he is deaf in the comics when he gets older. I like how they're actually aging him quite a lot. Like, really yeah. fast. Because I, I don't know when it's supposed to be set in relation, because like, the timelines for them are all messed up to me. Well, I know the films are making the point of that anyway, but I don't know when we actually are in yeah. uh, Marvel now. Like, what year? I think this is after, obviously, after Endgame, just after. Yeah, so I'm not sure what year it is, because four years passed. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Pizza but, Dog, um, though, he's, 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 the, he's the star of the show. Pizza Dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, um, I don't mind the tracksuit mafia. I quite like them as a little kind of gang to be chasing after. <laughs> it was them. funny when the first the, episode was coming up. I was like, "That's a lot of Polish and Russian names coming up here." <laughs> <laughs> the um, Andy mentioned this thing. Well, it must have been last week, I think. But I had a big issue with the whole LARPing scene. It felt totally unnecessary. The, the, I know you're a massive Knights of Bad Astrum guy, and yep. you like all that sort of stuff. But there was, it was literally. We need to fill 20 minutes or 15 minutes of this episode. Oh, let's just put Hawkeye into a LARPing situation for no other characters who have been in the episode so far or probably will return just for a costume. And it's like, oh, it's just, yeah. it, it dragged a bit. And I was like, just get back to the being Hawkeye bit. But, um, he was Hawkeye. He was doing some badass fighting. Hardly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I tell you what, my, my favorite bit so far is definitely still uh, Kate. When we first meet her, when she destroys the bell tower, I thought that was oh, yeah. amazing. 
amazing scene. Spoiler for the first scene of the series or whatever. But uh, but yeah, undecided so far. It has ups and downs. Uh, I think I'll be all right. It's got a kick in the gear in the next couple of episodes, I think. Yeah. yeah, surely. Do you know how long it is? Like in terms of episodes. I think number? it's seven episodes. It's either six or seven. That seems to be the Disney standard. So yeah, hopefully builds up some momentum soon, and surely there'll be some sort of other introduction of other threads to other storylines. I would imagine at some point. Hey, we on with the show that. then. On with the reason for the podcast this week. Point number one, the template podcast. What is the point? The point this week is the 1986 comedy western Three Amigos. I think it's just three. I don't know if it's the Three Amigos anywhere, but Three Amigos sometimes with. Exclamation point yeah. at one end and then the upside down exclamation point at the other end, which I don't have yep. in any keyboards, so I couldn't type it in anywhere. But Three Amigos, brought to us by Orion Pictures, that we have never done on the podcast before, but they did do Silence of the Lambs. And I was like, I'm sure we've done it before, but it's because I've watched Silence of the Lambs recently. But they've done other big films like Terminator, Robocop, and then the two 1990s Adams Family films Orion Pictures did. Uh, I said with help from Home Box Office on the production credits, which uh, that is HBO, but they don't do much in the way of films, so I'm not sure what the tie-in necessarily was there. That's what it HBO stands by... for. <laughs> yeah, home box office. Yeah. Blow my mind. Uh, and what finally becomes LA Films, which is Steve Mark's production company, also produced the film, directed by John Landis. Now, he's a big-name director, director of such things as Schlock, which was his big first thing he directed, but then Animal House, Bruce Blues Brothers, American Werewolf in London, Trading Places, then did Three Amigos, afterwards Coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop 3, and then Blues Brothers 2000. So you could say most of his good stuff came before Three Amigos. But yeah, he definitely had a, a period of time where he was the director doing the cult films uh, of the time. Three Amigos, written by three writing credits on this film. Uh, I'll leave the first one till last, if that makes any sense. So we had Lorne Michaels, who most famously is the chief executive producer in charge of Saturday Night Live, which is how he essentially knows everybody is in the film. This is the only feature film writing credit he has ever had, and he has 270-something <laughs> production credits on his CV. But in terms of a feature film that he wrote, this is the only one that he had. Um, and then also writing this film is Randy Newman, who's a singer-songwriter that you may most probably know from being the guy who does the Toy Story songs. So you've got a friend in me and all that. This is the only feature film writing credit he has as well, despite being on 200-plus soundtracks across his career. So I don't know why, specifically, the Three Amigos, they need to get these guys all together uh, to write it. But the main, I'm assuming, the main writer of the film is Steve Martin, who also stars in it. Uh, so he's wrote a lot of what he is in, uh, but a mixture of writing and acting credits has The Jerk, The Mamma Two Brains, then The Three Amigos, and then A Little Shop of Horrors, Roxanne, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, Parenthood, LA story and then the Pink Panther reboot of the, the 2000s. Oh, yeah, yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> but he had a run from essentially about 1986 to about 1992, where again, Steve Martin was the comedy actor in Hollywood, where everything he was the biggest guy and he was hosting the Oscars and all that sort of stuff. And then he very famously just had a terrible 1990s where nothing worked for him and he just disappeared and then he barely acted for a while. Cheaper by the dozens, um, a banger. Superbad doesn't. It existed, certainly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, he had big films that weren't often necessarily great, uh, well-reviewed films. Co-stars with Steve Martin, Chevy Chase from Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation, Three Amigos, Spies Like Us, and recently Community. He was in most of that, if not all of it. I think, were you watching that, Chris? That... I watched it. He was a bit hurt or miss. <laughs> uh, it did he seem was, that he looked, A couple of episodes, he was really funny. Then he was just 
plummet. Yeah. Which is pretty much his career in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> it sums him up. Uh, and our third star of The Three Amigos, Martin Short. Uh, so his feature film Breakout was The Three Amigos here. Uh, films he made afterwards were Inner Space. He was in Mars Attacks. That I just seem to mention every time that comes up, but he was one of the first five people credited as being in Mars Attacks. Uh, the Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Uh, I don't think it was <laughs> yeah. any of the other ones, because that specifically was the one that he yep. was in. Frank and Weenie and Inherent Vice. Uh, but the the kind of the, the news is that as we speak, it's new on Disney Plus. Is uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short are both in a, a TV show called Only Murders in the Building. It's, uh, it's not amazing. Series, Chantel so. loves it. It's a bit shite. <laughs> that's uh, that's the doom of reunited for that. But all three of them are Saturday Night Live people with Lorne Michaels. So that's they're all comedies uh, of the comedians of the eighties, I should say. Uh, Three Amigos, on a budget of $25 million, opened in the US for $6 million. Its final US gross, $39 million, turning a profit. Worldwide gross, I do not know, because the only number I have was the US gross again. <laughs> uh, but they did, in fact, come out in cinemas around the world. But So it definitely made a profit on like gross to budget, but I don't know in terms of promotion, it might have struggled to break even. Um, it did not get brilliantly reviewed upon release either, so I think that all might have added up. It was released the 12th of December, 1986. It seems like a strange time of year to bring yeah, this film out. But it's also, we're almost bang on for the 25-year anniversary. Uh, 25, you know what I'm talking about? 35-year anniversary of this film. Is that right? Unless, yeah, 35-year anniversary of this film. Almost to the day uh, of this film. Uh, so to celebrate that, the awards. Um, none whatsoever. Hey. Uh, <laughs> let's mention. give it a birthday cake. Of the three amigos, it wasn't doesn't seem to be nominated for anything. This could be a first. It doesn't seem to be nominated. Doesn't seem to have nominated for bad things. Its DVD release didn't get nominated. Nobody acted really good that year, so therefore this film gets nothing. There is absolutely no mention of the three amigos when it comes to any sort of well. That would be a banger of so. a theme. That should be your theme next next season, Chris. Yeah, films <laughs> that don't get mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, tough one. Um, but just for the record, 1987 looked like this. 1987 Oscar Best Picture was Platoon. 1987 Razzie Worst Picture was a tie between Under the Cherry Moon and Howard the Duck. Hey. Oh, come on. <laughs> but the 1987 Saturn Awards, this is going to be very familiar to some of you, was dominated by the film Aliens. Which we did that last week. So <laughs> literally... This season has been very much the late 80s, in a, in a sense. Uh, so yeah, that's it for the awards. I don't have much else to add on The Three Amigos other than that. So a synopsis brought to us by Julian, a first-time contributor, I Ooh. believe. Uh, and also the longest synopsis I could find by about four sentences. Uh, everything else was <laughs> about two. It goes as such. When silent film stars Lucky Day, Dusty Bottoms and Ned Niederlander get fired, they take a job offer from Mexico, doing a show with El Guapo, Supposedly, the most famous actor there. Travelling there in hope of getting good money, they arrive only to learn soon that El Guapo was not an actor, but a cruel gang leader suppressing people. He abducts the mayor's beautiful daughter, Carmen, to be his wife, in revenge for the people's cry for help. Now all hopes of the village folks rest on the weak shoulders of three minor talented actors who just can't... who just who can't just walk off the set this time. There we go. I guess he was going for there. He didn't say the thing in that. Julian, a, 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 a poor review of your synopsis personally for me. Yeah, I was going to say, when did he find out the guy was the mayor? I just yeah, thought it was some random guy. 
that might be true. Like, I kind of argue with what he said, but at <laughs> no point was that he, she was the daughter of the mayor. I may have missed that. Uh, and I like the specific comment to be his wife. making up his own film. <laughs> yeah, reading between the lines on this yeah. one, yeah. Uh, it was my selection. I picked it because it fit my theme of trios in trouble. This was the one I immediately thought this will give away what my theme is, so I'll leave it to last, and because it, it's literally called The Three Amigos. Um, I have definitely seen this before because it is one of my, I don't know, eight VHS collection I've had since I was about five <laughs> years old. So I watched this about a hundred times when I was younger. Uh, so there's parts of this I know very, very well. Had both of you guys seen this before or not? Yeah, but this is probably the longest film I've like not seen in like ages. It's probably like 20 odd years ago. I've never seen it, I don't think. You I think never seen any of it? Yeah, uh, I think you said last week that you, you believe you've never seen it before, Chris. Uh, I watched the DVD version. I, I, like, this is the kind of film where I invested. <laughs> when I say invested, I went to the CEX shop and bought, I spent 250 on it at some point. So I had the DVD version of it. Uh, but which channel would we have watched this on? I don't know if anyone's got a guess. I'd say ITV. Could be an ITV. I was thinking ITV. Yeah, maybe an ITV kind of afternoon slot again, because that's a PG. Yeah, uh, it's definitely like Sunday afternoon. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it's definitely viewable on TV. I probably have seen it on TV as well, as well as uh, having owned both VHS and DVD of this film. Uh, Okay, on to point two on the podcast. All that was point number one. So point two, the high points. What we thought the best bits and parts of the film were. Uh, normally I'd pass it over, but, but I'll just my first one is the, the beginning. Like the first thing we see is a musical number of them riding their horses, introducing themselves. I've got that high note. At it's, the start. Say, <laughs> it's a catchy little song. It's a bit of an introduction to who they are, but then when they go ah for ages, amigos, uh, it's like okay, this is definitely a high point. We're off to, uh, and then the, then the credits roll on a bit longer than they need to. Uh, yep. But yeah, my so first high point is definitely the beginning. Strong <laughs> start. Sounded like it. Yeah, yeah. Like. There was the the fireside one with all the animals. It didn't sound so much like Chevy Chase, but then when Steve Martin started singing, I was like, "That's definitely Steve Martin that's singing." Mm. And we know from experience that he can sing because we've had him on uh, Little Shop of Horrors singing before. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think it was them. I, I found nothing to say otherwise that it wasn't okay. them. I, could, I didn't go deep into my trivia on this one. I'll, I'll say that much. But uh, but yeah, who got uh, any other high points from the, the early going? I'm pretty much out. Uh, okay. I'll go. The the male playing balls joke. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Not I, the joke, but it's the way um, Ned was just pissed himself laughing. I mean, I was laughing at the joke as well. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, the thing that was probably the hardest I laughed during the watching <laughs> of the film, to the point that I've got it nominated for best line later on. <laughs> I, I think it's a male plane. How can you tell? Did you notice his little balls? And it's just, it's so, just so not funny or weird that it just absolutely cracked me up to the point where I was crying. No, laughing. It was just him absolutely wetting himself, just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for some reason, that, that was my sense of humour at that exact moment. It just absolutely cracked me up. I don't know why it was so funny. Um. Early high points for me. A lot of my high points are early, uh, which is definitely something I'm going to get into as we speak here. But then getting the boot where they're like the power play where the the guy says, What what you do? We want to do this picture and what do that? And then he just goes, That'll be the day. <laughs> and he goes, Sorry, what? And he goes, That'll be the day. And then the phone calls were the, the amigos are out of the mansion. Take the amigos' clothes and all that. So I, I like that scene. Uh, but then that goes into I think I think my favourite and certainly my most memorable bit of the entire film that has lived with me in the thirty plus years that I watched this the film. Call. Is them Sneaking back in again with, with Steve Martin on the wall. Yeah. And his deterioration from just going, oh, 
<laughs> oh, and we're just whistling to the by the edge, going, look, look up, hey, and all that. You, you too, you too. And then the final reveal that about I don't know, six feet underneath where he is. Is that is to me that's the reason this film was made. I think for for that scene, as far as I'm concerned, uh, and that, the film peaked there. I, think. <laughs> I do. I do have an actual high point. I do actually like the overall story of this film. I'll get to it in like low points, like because there's a lot of flaws with it. But the actual how it's like a silent, like they're silent movie actors, but then they're doing all this kind of other quirky stuff. Because I do like the silent film at the start. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, quite good. Just, yeah. like, holding the signs up, and it's like you can see you can see what they're saying when they're like the, the stupid makeup and stuff, all that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like oh, that whole thing's there. it's whole perfect. But then it's just like the actual overall story, how they actually misinterpret it, like the telegram and stuff like that. It, it's a brilliant setup for a story. It's a, but, a brilliant premise. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the premise of a movie is you can see why they've made this. Like, I've got a yeah, great idea. It's yeah. absolutely like this is going to be amazing. Yeah, that, that was the high point. <laughs> uh, I'm I like another... the misunderstanding behind you, Bruce, as well. Like the guy comes, I've got men coming in, yeah. and then yeah, they're worse it's... than me, so treat them well. It is great. <laughs> the immediately whole... straight yeah. Away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've just called it the cantina, and I think is that's probably the the prolonged best scene. Like the best bit is him on the wall, but in terms of a scene, to go from the German guy coming in being all scary, intimidating, and they're all like, ooh. Uh, and then well, my friends are coming in you know immediately what's going to happen it's like oh god <laughs> and then and they swan in with their outfits on and everyone's immediately on like scared walking on eggshells around about them and then I'd the be first scared thing if those like, three guys walked into a pub though <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the uh, we're looking for the hotel and then there's no no hotel I could kill somebody <gasps> and all these guys all gasp <laughs> But the bartender, good dude, is amazing throughout. I think he plays the whole thing amer- uh, amazingly. I, he's got a really funny name, the actor as well. It's like, uh, it's like Fred Asparagus. Asparagus or something like that. Is his name? Fred Asparagus. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, Fred Asparagus is the hey. actor's name. Plays the bartender. <laughs> so I'm assuming he's a comedian, but he plays it really, really well. And then we, we finish with the My Little Buttercup uh, number. <laughs> <laughs> they're all everybody else is still terrified in the bar <laughs> and then shouting the lines at them and all that is amazing but yeah i, I like watching the whole thing with a grin on my face was the, the, the cantina stuff was was amazing uh, and that's the last of my early high points the rest are kind of later on my, 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 uh, I've, got, I've only got one more high point so i'm going to take it before somebody else steals it as when they first like meet el guapo or whatever he's called el chapo el guapo uh, yeah yeah like that whole scene it's like they, they're still thinking it's just like a scene and it's just yeah. a slow realization like steve martin going way there this is real <laughs> that whole bit is just brilliant give me your gun i liked a lot of gang as well because they were just kind of like they weren't a serious gang the guy was just like okay take my gun yeah yeah i, mean, sure I like this guy let's, let's yeah. kill him yeah, tell us we'll die like dogs. You will die like dogs. <laughs> that's, that's that's funny. Giving them lines as well. But yeah, the, the I think the film it it definitely it's at its best when they don't know what's going. Like they're yeah. in the situation and they're not aware of it. Once it turns into just an actual western, then it kind of loses a little bit. I think. But yeah, that that film as long as it maintains they don't know what they're doing, it's great. I think. Um, my my that morning of that scene is when Ned wakes up and he's got this really uh, deep voice 
I wasn't expecting that. I fucking went. I was laughing at it. His dead hangover voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I'll go for my next one. It's like the Invisible Swordsman. When they're like, when they're like shooting up the air going, nip, 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 or blah, blah, blah. And then, what's it called? Dusty just goes, blah, 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 bang. And they yelp. I was like, I thought that was brilliant. Like the, just the, the thud of the, I don't know what it was. Like great yeah. CGI. Yeah, that's it's probably the most special effects in the film. I kept looking for bits that might be special effects and all that, but yeah, that's the only thing I could think. That be... I was kind of like sitting there watching, going, "Okay, this is getting a bit fucking crazy now." Yeah. And then the yelp, I was like, "Wait, what? There's actually the visible guy there." <laughs> so, and where did they get the notes from, by the way? Is that the bar? Uh, well, they, cause they they finally decide we're gonna go and we're gonna get Carmen, so they take off at the desert, and the next scene's them at the fireplace, and then Dusty goes. How long do you think we travel before we went yeah. back for direction? So it's an unseen scene where they have decided, oh, we're going to get El Grapple. We've no idea where he is. <laughs> and it was, it was like three or four miles or something like that. They, they went before they realised they didn't know where they were going. They're so full of adrenaline. So yeah, they must have gone back to the right, Santa Polco to get directions. But yeah, it seems pretty weird that the, the people of Santa Polco know exactly how to get to El Guapos, which is yeah. go find a second bush yeah. that all them. <laughs> summon the swordsman these are the special and then he'll take you the visible swordsman will take you where you're going when they could say oh we've been there before because this invisible guy took us there it's this way <laughs> but uh, I, I also that bush I thought that was Betty White singing it, it was actually Randy Newman one of the writers the guy yeah. who sings it was just in Toy Story uh, he was singing bush but, <laughs> and you only thought it was Betty White and I was like it does sound like a woman uh, my next high point is a very small one which is Steve Martin's lassoing uh, that was actually him. There was no stunt doubling. And my trivia note says that he learned that when he was young. He worked at uh, Disneyland when he was a teenager. Uh, I don't know which character he played. Uh, a cowboy, I guess. He, had to, he learned how to lasso. So all of the hmm. Steve Martin lassoing tricks is actually him doing it himself. And again, he wrote the film, so I'm assuming he put it in for a reason. Um, any other high points? Uh, I've got a little one. The Axel Rose dance by <laughs> El Guapo. <laughs> He's got some moves, does El Guapo. <laughs> I'll tell you, like the, the next two that actually proper buckled me was uh, when Dusty creates a distraction and hits a guy with the rock and then the dummy just goes flap right in front of them <laughs> right down where they are yeah and then the next <laughs> one is when Ned it's just after this is stuck to the pinata and then he goes a guy's just falling out of the sky and he goes flap <laughs> and the dummy just kind of crumples yeah I love a good ragdoll effect it cracks yeah. it up every time they were much better than the dummies on the plane at the end, which were yeah, yeah. Like, like, really just mannequins <laughs> that just nailed onto the side of the plane like bad. Even the plane uh, a similar trend, though. a similar trend to your ones is Paco hold up your hat. I really like that scene where he gets his guy to and he's like higher, higher, and he just shoots him dead anyway. And he doesn't doesn't even blink. He just puts his gun away. He's like that's what I wanted to happen. Uh, I thought that was a great one. And I only have one more high point after that, which I think we're about that sort of time in the film. I enjoyed Steve Martin in the cell. Uh, Lucky trying to escape when he's tied to the wall, uh, frequently making more and more progress uh, the whole time was really funny. And again, good physical kind of comedy like that always makes me laugh. And I think he did it really, really well. Uh, I've got two little ones. Um, I like the little therapy session that Hefe and El Guapo had with the, what is a plethora? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, why are you angry at me? Is it because <laughs> she's not sleeping with you? Yeah. Is it because you're maybe turning 40? <laughs> <laughs> This little therapy session. The um, 
I think Hefe is really good in this. It, this viewing, I never, he never was a memorable character to me, but I really enjoyed him throughout. And the fact that he, he looks identical to Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. I just kept seeing <laughs> Jack Sparrow every time I saw him as well. Uh, but yeah, I thought Hefe uh, underrated uh, performance in this. Uh, and that's me for high points. I have no others. Uh, my final one is just Ned's duel. When he shoots a gun. Well, he is actually really fast. And then he goes, rump, straight back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a theme. My, like, my best part of this film was Ned. Good, I'm glad. Because I think I think mine's Steve Martin, I think. Uh, was yours Chevy yeah. Chase, Andy? No, I did like Lucky Day. Like a Lucky Day. <laughs> well, there we go. Right, on to low points. So what we thought the worst things and low points, essentially, of the film were. Uh, anyone want to start? I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take this, because I said the story was quiet. good. Right. But the problem is, like you said, up until they find out, the story just then literally dives. Like it was, there was start there was a glimpse of it. Like, why is there a Nazi? Like, I was like, ah, uh. yeah. yeah. And it's like I never really picked up. This was, I watched this when I was a kid, so I never really noticed it. But it's like, one, why is there a Nazi? And two, you find out there's basically just a Nazi, so they can put an old World War Two plane or one plane or whatever the hell it was. I don't know my history. It's one of them. <laughs> uh, it was ni- 1920s. This was set. So yeah, it's kind of between the wars, really. Yeah. Post World War One, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah just, like. After that, just goes to just, shit. Yeah, when they go on the hunt for El Guapo, it just gets a bit batshit crazy with like talking animals. That's the and thing. That, talking fish. Like, that's my first major yeah. low point is that the fireside animal sing along to just kill yeah. ten minutes. I, I was was that just because it ate bat and went like loopy, or well, just because? Right, now, now you've brought it up, right? This this film automatically gets like one point less because of the whole. Uh, it's a bit. You can't really eat bats anymore because the world's yeah. fucked by bats. Oh, right. I haven't thought of that. Yeah. So when I was when I was watching, I was like, "That's a point off." And then as the scene goes on a little bit longer, and it's like you see them like eating the wings, and it's like that's gonna be two points off now because it's, it's <laughs> every time I see somebody eating a bat now, it's instantly it's a two point off film. That, the, that is a uh, new the, rule I have the, now. Don't the bit bats. I was kind of the bit I was cringing at uh, in terms of recent events was, of course, Steve Martin thinking he's on the set of a film and being shot yep. with a real bullet. Uh, yep. And I'm like, e- e- okay, right. Yeah, yeah. there's that as well. I didn't think of that, but it's like, you know what? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the point I never thought. I was like, that, that didn't annoy me as much as eating a bat. But no, the, the animals sing a lot. Like, the, the song's quite good, and it feels yeah. like, oh, we've got a great song, and we can all sing it. Like I say, it does sound like Steve Martin. It might be Martin Short singing as well. It's like, oh, we've got this song. We could maybe make a musical number out of it, and we could sell the song, and it could be in the charts. Feels like the only reason it was there. I have still no idea why random animals were coming and hanging out, or why the daughter spoke at the end. But it's just this weird comedy. But that seems like an extra level of wacky weirdness compared to all the rest. Well, it's like the comedy that works is this, like all the kind of practical comedy things, it's like even like getting off his horse and he goes on to the other person's horse <laughs> and stuff like that. Horse. It's like <laughs> that that kind of comedy works. And it's like it's, I always kind of think of this film as a uh, like Shanghai Noon, like. Uh, Jackie Chan and um, Steve Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, that's the one, yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. They do the practical effects, but it's not meant to be a funny film, but it's just funny in general. Whereas this mm. one, is, it's funny when they actually do it, but then they go over the top with singing bushes and visible people and Nazis. The, the singing bush didn't quite land to me. When I was a kid, I used to love the singing bush. Like It made me cry laughing when I was a kid. This this bush waving around singing its song, and the fact that it never stopped, it just kept singing. I loved that. But I felt like uh, it just it was this weird kind of bizarreness that, straight yeah, after I, the campfire as well. I thought it was just somebody hiding in the bush singing. <laughs> and then I, after 
you don't see it. Then you see the invisible person. I was like, okay, there is an invisible person. Things are getting a bit weird now after the talking animals. Yeah, and then so, it, that's yeah. it. It's never weird again. It, it's back to being yeah. a Western. And that, it, that's where so my final problem is literally the last half hour, it's, it's just a Western. Like They take most of the comedy out of it, and it's pure, these are the good guys coming in to save the girl and save the day. And the town, people all come together, and then we win in the end. It's like most of the comedy, there's maybe five or six funny lines, as it were. But yeah, it's just the last half hour is just, it's a, a sub. It's kind of substandard Western uh, for the end of it, and I'm like, oh, I was quite enjoying the silliness, like the the okay. silliness, not the craziness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they did make a lot of them costumes really fast. Huh. Well, that's what they were good at. They said they were good at sewing. <laughs> so uh, if it wasn't the fact, it could be a lot better. Offensive. Didn't look the same. Yeah, they, you can see it was like the three of them constantly running in bits because their jackets are so elaborate. Yeah. Well, it's going to come up in our next point, the, the 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 costumes and what I had a problem with about the costumes at that point. Uh, but we'll... Uh, yes, I, I have to agree. Uh, any other low points? I feel like Chris has not said many. Uh, it's more of a question. Like, when did they start... Their guns have real bullets? Because I thought they were fake. And all of a sudden, they start shooting people. Yeah, I thought as well. There's one point where I was sure Dusty had fake bullets in his gun, and it, it was the real bullet all of a sudden. So, yeah. And also, kind of like a prop bullet a pop gun, can you put real bullets into it? I, I know, obviously, what's happened recently, but I think, I think it is, and that's the point, yeah. Because, like, even a fake bullet is the same, but only it doesn't have the tips, so it just makes the banging noise. Yeah, this goes bang. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I did wonder about that. And also, I, I felt like they were really poorly handicapping Ned when they changed his actual gun, like his gun, to this massive thing. That's, that was a bit unfair, I thought, for Ned and his duel. Uh, yeah, it's not Man's got a game. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the, the Germans... The actual German guy's his plot thread throughout the film is a bit weird. Where he arrives in a bar yeah. to be like, "Tell my friends this," which was was it? Wait, I can't remember what the message was to his German friends. And then yeah. the amigos go in and then come out. And when they come out, the German guys actually go into the bar. But then the German guy falls the plane because from the airplane joke. So where's he going in that plane? <laughs> because later on. The plane flies over again, and then El Guapo's like, oh, our German guest is coming. So has he just been circling in his plane for ages? <laughs> trying to find and it. Somehow the other Ger- the German guys know where they're going, and they have all the guns and all that. And then immediately upon them getting to where they're going, Ned kills one of them in the duel, and I don't ever really see what happens to the other two. But um, yeah, the, the German story is a bit strange in this film. I don't know and the kids have got guns from anywhere. And I exactly, do not remember yeah. that story like at all. This was like It was like a new story when I rewatched this one. Yeah. There's definitely like twenty minute blanks here and there that I've got of how to remember bits of the story. Yeah, the, uh, I remember all. Of uh, is that as for low points? Ah, uh, that's me. Yeah. Okay, on to the stats. Point four. Shit's only one, I think, which was when El Guapo threatened that they were going to cut open their bellies and squeeze the shit out of them or something like that. I think it was. There was. He did it once, and it was very clear that it was El Guapo swearing. Uh, F-bombs, none. No, no other swearing, really, whatsoever. Explosions, three. That was when they were throwing the dynamite into the Santa Pulco buildings, which I now realise they blew up Santa Pulco, and then it was just back to being normal again. <laughs> they were sewing all the costumes. But again, uh, we'll leave that we. It's a PG comedy movie. How many deaths do you think there were in this film? I'm going to say six. There were 73, by my oh, count. Jesus. <laughs> Because the amount of bodies that are lying around in the end yeah. of Santa Poco is massive. <laughs> um, there's loads, like, there's 50 of the bad guys, and then throughout, 
every time there's like a gunfight, people are getting killed, people are falling off high things and all that. So yeah, I think 73 deaths. And that's not including the four that were in the silent movie in the movie. So there actually could be 77 in total. Uh, dead animal? I didn't see one. I can't remember there being a dead animal specifically. Bats. Eight bats. bats. There we go. Corrected immediately. That's why you guys are good at this as well. Uh, although I feel like if this film was made nowadays, there's no way you get the three main actors riding on the same horse at any point. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 that was immediately something. I was like, okay, that's an 1980s thing. Uh, cows, none. And goats, none. Although there are, like I said earlier, many, many uh, sons of motherless goats. Uh, no peeing anywhere. I thought we'd get somebody having a pee somewhere hilarious. None, I thought one of the, the kind of the bad guy kind of gang would be doing it somewhere, but no. Uh, and a no sign of the pedophile, the devil, and the KKK. I think that's three in a row that we've managed. Uh, life's three main villains. <laughs> <laughs> None of which showed up. Uh, there were four Amigos salutes in the film. That's the, ah, that's the one thing I could <laughs> <laughs> There were four of those. I was going to uh, count how many times they said Amigos, but they said like 15 times in the first five minutes, so <laughs> I stopped that. I was going to do El Guapos as well, but I thought, nah, I can't do that. Uh, but what I did do then, I thought, right, here's a better idea. I remember what the final plan is. So what I'm going to count is, I'm going to count Amigos, because then I know there's three of them for like an hour and a half, and then the big plan, and I could be like, one, two, three, four, Ricky. However, the whole town appears on screen at various points. So I think I'm at something like 73 Amigos. <laughs> there's a lot of Amigos. So I think there's, uh, now I've realised that I guess the same number of deaths as there are Amigos in this film. But yeah, Everybody dies. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot. Uh, and then my final thing, did they say the thing? Did they say three amigos? Yes. Oh, I'm going to say 40 times. Uh, they said it 16 times, plus one time in a silent movie, where you can see them saying the three amigos, and then the, the words come up on the screen. The first one was under the first minute, which is them singing the song. Uh, they say three amigos, I think three times in the song, three amigos. Uh, Chris, any other stats, or was that the only thing that you said? <laughs> like I said, I was going to count amigos, but like, they kept saying like three amigos repeatedly in the song, and then... After that, they kept calling people amigos, so I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be here for ages, so I stopped and counted salutes. I thought there'd be more salutes. I, I, thought, I thought so as well, uh, but yeah, only four. Uh, and Andy, did you find a most pornographic scene? Right, but bear with me, that's when this takes a little bit of explaining. <laughs> <laughs> the blowing up of the church. It's like blowing up organised religion. It was just a symbolic pornographic scene. Oh God's sake! Uh, right. Okay. I thought the trigger warning was later, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a doozy for that later. Don't you worry. Oh God. Oh, God. Right. Okay. We better. Get on. Uh, I say we should probably delay and wait as long as possible before getting there. But we have to move on. Point five on the ten point podcast is the ten point podcast quiz. Jesus. Am I? Uh, this is going to be. A, this is going to be a good one. It's uh, not going to be. I don't know anything uh, about this film. Right. Let's have Chris go first, I think. Uh, I don't know why, but I think we'll have Chris go first. So, Chris, your first question. How much does Carmen offer the Amigos as a reward to come and save Santo Pulco? 100,000 pesos. 100,000 pesos, that's correct. Uh, Andy, your first question. 10 pesos. <laughs> You're going to struggle here, I think. Who is, or can you name me, and who is the head of the Amigos movie studio? Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's not, not far off. <laughs> uh, is it like Flugelman or something like that? Harry Flugelman is the head uh, of the movie studio. Goldsmith Pictures. 
Okay, Chris, next question. Next question. My little buttercup <laughs> has the sweetest smile. Correct. And Andy. God. Dear little buttercup. Oh, what do you stay uh while? While, that's also correct. Very good. The rest of the quiz is not a song. Good. Uh, Chris, can you name me something that the Amigos intended to do with their share of the money? Obviously, they had to give it back, but what was their intention? They each had something they wanted to do with it. Can you name me any of the three? Ned wanted to start a foundation for children. You're missing a keyword that I need if you're going to go with that as your answer. Uh, needy children. <laughs> homeless children. Homeless children, correct. That is, that is the, the right answer. I needed the homeless. Uh, it was a big shiny car, which is Dusty Martin's uh, character wanted. Uh, Dusty, be a big shot for a while in New York and Paris with champagne and parties. <laughs> and then Nate was uh, start foundation, and the two also jumped on board with the foundation idea. Andy, uh, let's see. At the Amigos party or celebration for them saving the day, where does the girl want Dusty to kiss her? Her beaver. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, on, on the veranda. Ah. And then Dustin says, I was thinking about on the mouth or on the yeah. lips, whichever one he says. Uh, so, unfortunately, wrong answer. I think that means Chris wins the quiz, but we'll, we'll clean up the rest of the questions. I've already spoiled this. Chris, what was El Guapo's birthday he was celebrating? His 40th, but he got changed to his 33rd again. Uh, I would give you a bonus point if I could, but I can't. But yes, that is correct. And a final question. Andy, which one of the films, which one of their films, inspires the Amigos' final plan? They're Oh, remember we did this in... What was the title of their film? The Three Amigos 2. <laughs> Almost. You had one of the words right. Uh, they, it was the plan from Amigos, 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 is what they executed at the end of the film. I never got that. No. Uh, so there we go. Chris Williams the quiz quite handsomely. I probably gave you the easy question that time, Chris. That wasn't intentional. Uh, so another success for Chris on the quiz. Point six on the 10-point podcast. Movies within movies. What uh, All our different things we keep track of every week. So in terms of parodies and references, I had to do a bit of deep diving here. Um, so the, the main kind of twist on the plot is The Seven Samurai. So The Seven Samurai... Is like a, obviously a classic the basis of every of, film, Star Wars, everything. Well, exactly, yeah. So in that film, a town needs defense from the bad guys, so they hire some retired sword fighters. So the twist is obviously they're not retired sword fighters; they are what they are. So the uh, the premise becomes they are actors that don't know they're not acting in the plot of a film anymore, which is literally what Galaxy Quest and Tropic Thunder both are as well. Like they took this premise from this film and made their own one uh, as well so I had to mention the two of them obviously it references and parodies many westerns, uh, we've got Magnificent Seven, One-Eyed Jacks and The Wild Bunch seem to be the, the, the main ones that it parodies in various reasons Singing in the Rain, uh, that's kind of the premise of the actors turning on the studio and falling out with the people in charge of their, their lives like it was back in that day so Singing in the Rain, and the last one I've got is just Indiana Jones because I feel like the German character is just in there because Rangers of the Lost yeah. Ark would only be out maybe a couple of years at this point so that was what was trendy so they stuck in this German guy <laughs> or the German storyline uh, and, and other than that it's, it's I guess musicals and westerns and everything the kind of the genres more than specific parodies and I've got never not good is definitely a comedic figure unknowingly they're in a life or death situation is never not good as literally this Galaxy Quest Tropic Thunder is always funny in all those films when uh, well mine's just ragdolls just <laughs> flopping down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very good uh, Chris what have you got for movies and movies 
Uh, as for people being in see, uh, other movies, I've only got two, I think. Steve Martin was in Little Shop of Horrors. He was a weird dentist. And Chevy Chase was in Vacation. Missed and one. he was actually himself in Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero again. You missed up. one. Oh, I missed it too. Uh, it's the dude. It's one of the German bad henchmen. He plays uh-huh. Shao Kahn at the very, very end of Mortal Kombat as the big holographic figure. And then he's actually Shao Kahn in the second one. Oh, that's really? not actually him, though. Because he is. Took, I looked at that and it wasn't him. It is him. He was in the second film. It's him. Shao Kahn. I mean, it didn't show up in my searches because I checked all the German characters. Yeah, it's uh, him. Uh, right, I finally says it is. But yeah, I'll, I'll put it this way. I did not go down all the townsfolk uh, this week, Chris, because I, I assumed, I jumped to the conclusion that I probably haven't seen them in anything else. Well, I, did, I went through a lot of them because I thought you'd <laughs> find somebody. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I looked, essentially, I looked for the ones that I, it, it might be, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, and have you recast us into the film? Uh, it was fairly obvious. It's all because of that one invisible land scene. Pretty much, it sums us up perfectly. Like, I see Bruce is lucky, myself is Ned, following the rules, doing what's called, and then Andy, the wild card, just lives by his own rules and just does what he wants. I think it's the most clear-cut recasting of us in the film ever, because I've got exactly the same. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly my thinking when I picked it, but when I was, when I started thinking about that, I was like, oh yeah. That, that, there was that. another scene that was just Andy down to a T. Oh, it was when they were going to the desert and he's just drinking all the water yep. and he's like, oh, <laughs> spit out. Fuck, it's too much. And he just chucks the rest of it away. Yeah. yeah. I was like, exactly as I was thinking that. I was like, this is definitely it. Because, yeah, I'd, I'd be have run out because I drink water the whole way through every podcast and I always run out like I have done. Chris would get the worst luck because that's oh, what always well, happens. I drink beer and it makes you drier, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have everything and not give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, we love you really, Andy. Oh, no offence, mate. Um, uh, and Andy, have you recast anybody in the film? I'm going to actually recast the three amigos with like current Hollywood stars. I've not done it in a while. Ah, so a reboot, a reboot, a reboot. So Steve Martin, he comes out, and you put the Rock in. <laughs> right, I can guess the three. Yeah, Chevy Chase yeah, comes right. out. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds in. Oh, yeah. really? Huh? Yeah. And then Martin Short comes out, and then you put uh, Danny DeVito in. Oh, oh. See, look, you were going to see Kevin Hart until I was going to see Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although Danny DeVito would be a good one. I would be. prefer the Danny DeVito option, actually, yeah. now I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would actually recast. Yeah. That would be a banger of the amigos. <laughs> I mean, I would not at all be surprised if Netflix came out with that like, next year. Right? <laughs> it would not shock me yep. at all. Uh, anyway, on to point seven. Andy's trigger warning. He's already warned us. So uh, another warning for Andy's trigger warning. Andy, what have you got? Right, this one actually requires a prop. Eh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, right. <laughs> Steve Martin. So there's nothing worse, right? This is just It's not even to do with the film. I just got so annoyed by it earlier on before the podcast. So that's my tenuous link. Pringles. Okay. <laughs> they're nicely, neatly stacked. It's even got like nice little thing. It's like arrows. And, like They're stacked. However, when you get to about this stage... It goes to shit. Yep, like, always. They just go to absolute hell. So what the fuck? It really annoys <laughs> the hell out of me. And it's like, yeah, you're just eating your Pringles. They're fine. And then suddenly, you have to, when you have to do that first tip, they just all go back into like, here you go, you're fucked. And it really it annoyed me so much. I actually forgot what my actual trigger warning was. I thought, I'm bringing this shit up on the <laughs> podcast because I'm so fucking angry. <laughs> yeah, without fail, the last ones. And what I found recently is, this is just randomly. We should start a different podcast for this, but 
The distribution of flavouring on Pringles now yep. just seems to be random. Yep. You'll get some yep. that are essentially plain in a, in a non-plain pack, and then you get some where it's like, with a barbecue one specifically, they're like purple. <laughs> it's like you can't eat it because that flavour. And then, like, oh. let's, let's do this for the woke culture, right? These are not even recyclable. Like, that blew my mind. Because you've got plastic there, then you've got your little foil bit, which is not recyclable some places. The cardboard is, but then you've got a metal bottom. It's like, the bottom, make yeah. your fucking mind up. You've got like all the different parts there of just being a fucking environmental nightmare. No, it's funny you should say that. Uh, the shop's just got like a, a big massive Pringle bin because Sean goes through that many Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he's crisper. I just, uh, recycling. Fuck it. And then, while I'm on the subject of recycling, I've just found out that like about 90% of recycling that you do doesn't actually get recycled because some bell and they'll put like nappies or something in it, so they just void the whole thing. Yeah, I've heard that as well, yeah. It's like, well, what's the fucking point? It's like coronavirus. Yeah. What's the fucking point? Just carry on. There's <laughs> always going to be an experience like, yep. with the yep. coronavirus. <laughs> So yeah, there you go. I've got that off my chest. Nothing to do with the, the, single, the single most random trigger warning we've had. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. I was expecting I was, something. I was not. Uh, right, cracking on. Point eight. Uh, our nominations for the Ten Point Podcast Awards. At, I normally say at the end of the season, but we have uh, we've voted that it's going to be our kickoff to next year. It's actually going to be our birthday episode next year because uh, Ten Point Podcast was was born in January two years ago, I think. We're going to so, get absolutely um, smashed from a so, shot. Yeah. For our anniversary, <laughs> will be in January before we launch season five. We'll get the season four Ten Point Podcast Awards, so that you've all have a chance to re-listen to every episode beforehand and get your ideas of who should win things. Uh, and you can send your ballots in. Contact us still, because because the uh, the panel has not done any of his reviewing yet. <laughs> so as long as ever, you could let us know. Yes, my my Christmas is going to be listening to our podcast. Uh, who wants? Does anyone want to go first? Does anyone want to Steve wait till Martin. the end? For your... You want to what? I'm just nominating Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Okay. I don't know uh, what best for. Actor. It's it's hard because he is he's pretty good, but. Like I, I feel like I need to nail him down to something, but yeah, best actor, he's brilliant. Yeah, I, I think best acting, The Amigos. I, I think that's been kind to Chevy Chase, but yeah, Steve Martin. Uh, but Martin Short I, I feel like really Chevy Chase it. didn't. I put play. best performance as Martin Short because yeah. he wasn't the best actor, but he was the one that was. Yeah, Chevy Chase seemed to just in. call it in. He was just there. He's like, yeah. oh, I'll do it. Okay, where Steve Martin, he seemed like he was up for doing shit. You can tell it's, I don't know if it's a passion project as such, but you can tell, like, I've written this and I, yeah. I it, it plays to my strengths, it's going to be good. And I get Chevy Chase is just like, oh, fucking hell, I've been drafted into this bullshit. <laughs> I imagine it's bloody roasting wherever they're filming it. Like, it's probably out in the desert near, like, LA somewhere, so it probably wasn't the nicest conditions to be living in. Uh, any other nominations, Andy? Uh, aye. Best stunts. Any of the horse stuff and, like, this, like, the random falling off and it was pretty yeah. good, like, it felt like when you when you go to like Disneyland or not, you watch these live action shows. Yeah, like, that's what it felt like, and I, I like yeah, that shit. Yeah, and no then, CGI, not not an ounce of CGI, and everyone's actually doing everything. It's great. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. And then like even like practical effects, like blowing like churches and shit up. It's like they look pretty good, but then they magically got rebuilt within twenty four hours. But still, <laughs> like, it just dawned on me now. And then as Chris mentioned, the Invisible Swordsman, whatever they did to make oh, it look yeah, like brilliant. <laughs> Yeah. Just, that blew my mind. They just seen the, <laughs> and you see um, uh, Martin Short pick up his hand and drop it, and more dust go. Poof. That was great. That's, yeah. I don't know, that's getting my best 
effects. Best, best special effect is best special uh, effects from Invisible Sword Man. Uh, and then most unexpected, uh, what's his name? John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Yeah. Okay. Didn't see him coming out. No, he just randomly one scene and actually did nothing in it. Yeah. Uh, any others? Like you? Nah, it was it's a low one. I'll piggyback on Andy's and I'll go. Uh, most unexpected was Phil Hartman, who was the guy with the phone in that scene, because yeah. he's Simpsons. He does like Lionel Hutz. He does Troy oh, McClure. Yeah. And he's like barely in any films, obviously, because he died very young. And it's so I didn't realize he died. I thought he just stopped doing stuff. No, no. He, I, I think there's very strange circumstances surrounding his death that I will not try and right. get into the now. Uh, I, th- I believe, but yeah, he was like the, he was like a proper important guy on The Simpsons uh, when he died. So yeah, this was he's not in many films because that wasn't necessarily what he did. So him to be in again one scene, and then Joe Mantegna, who's Fat Tony from the from The Simpsons, <laughs> is is Harry Flugelman. So it's brilliant having them. But yeah, don't expect Phil Hartman. He's not in many films. Uh, best fashion item is definitely the Amigos outfit. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know oh, that's what I was saying. Like I was counting the Amigos earlier on. That's um, it made it hard for me to count the Amigos. At the beginning, I was like, right, I'll count the Amigos, which was was my thing. But then every scene, like Chris mentioned, is clearly the actual Amigos in their proper outfits. So I was like, well, they could have run from one side to the other. So that might still be them. So that, And then the next scene, well, they couldn't have got up there, but that was quite clearly Chevy Chase on that roof over there. Yep. So when I was counting it, it was annoying. And then you see at the end, it's just these fake outfits. There isn't anything like it. I was like, well, I don't know what to count now. Then, luckily, everyone came out at the end. It's all right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But I spent that. I was pausing and rewinding. Like, oh, so he was up there. Then they could have come out that door and run across the courtyard. But then, oh, the whole town's just there. That'll do. That's easy enough. But yeah, the the outfit is perfect. I like how each of them are different as well. I never noticed that until yeah. they started doing the chopping and changing. Yeah, <laughs> they have the unique logos on all of them. It's really good. Uh, I don't have many other nominations. We've already mentioned the swordsman. Uh, the best line. It was definitely the male plane line. God, that <laughs> oh, made me laugh. So best bell end, El Guapo. Yeah, I think he's definitely a good villain. Yeah, is El Guapo. I don't have the actor's name, unfortunately. I think it's just El Guapo to me. <laughs> uh, he's really good. And then the worst plan is, is an age-old worst plan, which is we've captured Lucky Day, and El Guapo says, "I'm going to kill him." So immediately, let's lock him up, tie him down leave his means for escape here and then just leave and he can just escape <laughs> on his own and it's like why did people do this he wanted to kill him just shoot him you had about 50 people with guns right there you could have killed him but instead yeah you, you lock him up and leave him to just escape so yeah has to be worth plan i don't have anything else jumping at there's probably a best song in there somewhere i don't know if it's my little buttercup or not but chris reacted <laughs> to that so on you go chris. um yeah, the only one i've got to put more in actually but i've got the, my, my best plan is the the end ruse that the, the Migos in the town did to trick everybody because it, it worked. It's successful, yeah. Greater yeah. on success, it definitely worked. Um, as for best song, despite the fact that there's all the weird animals, I'll say, what's it called? Blue Shadow? Blue Shadow, yeah, on the trail or something like that. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure it was that. I'll good. go for that one. It was a good song. I have said, my best performance was Martin Shaw. I thought he was the best thing in the film. Somewhere in there with Steve Martin. So, uh, yeah, I feel like he bonded with Ned Needlander. Really ah, I thought he was great. <laughs> I'm going to go back just to watch that uh, male plane joke again. Yeah. <laughs> Did you enjoy Ned getting the girl at the end as well? That was randomly. Oh, yeah, like she came out of nowhere. <laughs> I just thought like he had shown no interest in any woman and out of nowhere he just finds his bombshell. Yeah, <laughs> the other two are like... <laughs> but yeah, 
a good ending. Uh, not much in the way of nominees then, so we better move on to point nine, the moral of the story. What was the lesson we were supposed to learn from the three amigos? Chris, what have you got as a moral uh, of the story? Stop eating bats. <laughs> That's why you bellend. <laughs> it made them go batshit crazy, I uh, imagine. That must be where it comes from. <laughs> so, is that yours to, to the letter, Andy? Yes, don't eat <laughs> rats. I've gone it down the I've gone route one with mine. Just make sure you know what you're signing up for, I think is definitely the moral of the story. Uh I think. Uh okay. Point ten on the ten point podcast is our ten point rating where we rate the movie out of ten. Uh I picked so I'll go first. Um I've got the first half hour is perfect. Like I would not change a single thing about the first half hour of this film. Uh, probably up uh, the next time, but the next half hour has its moments. So probably peaks or probably stops around the time. Yeah, they work out. They're not acting anymore. The scene with El Guapo in them and all that. And the, the final half hour is just—it's a different film. It's just—it's a, a very average, maybe below average Western film where they, they save the day and they win. Um, but that first half hour, like it's a ten out of ten for thirty minutes for me. So it could excuse the scale slightly. I've loved this film forever. I think there are definitely references in the film that I still unintentionally make <laughs> on a, a weekly basis little things I say uh, so I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 because I love The Three Amigos despite not particularly liking it <laughs> I love it <laughs> uh, I've got Andy's next because I believe he'd seen it, seen it before so Andy you're next so I'm kind of the same as you I like I liked it as a kid however I've not watched this in ages and oh my god it's, it's aged badly considering <laughs> seeing like everything that good that Steve Martin and Chevy Chase have done in their career and like even John Landis is like, this is his worst thing he's ever done. Uh, so it just, like I said, it, it had two points deducted for bat eating for too long. Of course. It was one, yeah. it was one, but then it carried on for like an extra <laughs> 10 seconds too long. So it lost two points. Oh my goodness. So it's a two out of 10. Two. So it would have been a four if there was no bats. Correct. Oh my God. Coronavirus changed everything. Right, Chris. Having never seen it before, first time viewer, three amigos score. Um, do I, Ned's the scene stealer for me. Like, for the, for, without him, this oh, film would be utter crap. <laughs> but he, um, he makes it a four for me. A four. There's a lot of good stuff that goes on. I guess a little bit weird. And then, and again, at the end, it's a bit. If they just kept the like, first half an hour, it would have been, it would have been right up there. Just mm, kept that kind yeah. of comedy going, but it let itself down. Yeah, I don't know. It would have been hard for them to string out them not knowing what was going on. Long no, no, like, you can still do that, but still have the stupid comedy, like the horse switching and stuff like that. Just the funny bits. Yeah, I think That's the only way you could do it would be if Carmen then started to kind of manipulate things, like she put real bullets in their gun. Yeah. So they still think everyone is still acting around right about them, but they're actually shooting them but dead. I, I, yeah, because there's a scene that she does. She knocks out the guard for Dusty because he's like yeah. scared to do it, and she does it. So yeah, it would make sense that she was fiddled it. Yeah, the, so the, maybe it was a draft of the, the, the script where like, her and the rest of the townsfolk kind of manipulate the three heroes to save the day, maybe. Or, but uh, yeah, so the official rating is a four. It gets a four out of ten. Uh, not the best, but far from the worst, I would say, that we'll ever watch. Um, and then my theme has already been discovered. It was trios in trouble, which was going to peak with this, because the, the trio of the three amigos find themselves well and truly in trouble. We've only got one episode to go of the season. The season finale has Ooh, crept up on us out of nowhere. Season. And it is Andy's Andy's honour, the first time he's ever closed the season off. So Andy, what are we finishing the season on? Uh, and let us know if it is continuing your theme, because there was a bit of doubt about that. Oh, uh, yeah. 
I just realised that because uh, Van Damme's not in Expendables, so it would be Expendables 2, your theme. Well, no, it's just Expendables, the universe, is my theme. Okay. But anyway, still, I, w- I had so many options. It's like I could have carried it on, I couldn't have carried it on. But we needed a Christmas film. Because ah, I didn't think of that. We've yeah. got all the way up and nobody's picked a Christmas film. And last year, Chris picked Office Christmas Party, which was a he shit did. Christmas film. And that that's, how, that's how we ended on. So I've decided to up the game and end on the ultimate Office Christmas Party. Uh-huh. Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it carries on the Expendables theme. It's a proper Christmas oh. banger. And it's from the 80s You've again. up the worms. Is it a Christmas film? It's it officially not? a Christmas film. Well, oh, yeah, I think it's a Christmas film. John McClane goes to an office Christmas party. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, there we go. I, I can't think of a better way to finish than that. So it's a great selection, Andy. I've already watched a documentary on it recently, so I can watch the film with extra knowledge going into it as well. Probably not watched it in a while, actually. But uh, there we are. It is the season, so you all have one week. I'm sure it's around somewhere. It must be readily available in December. Uh, come back to us next time after watching Die Hard for the 10 Point Podcast. <laughs>